This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us for another week. Richard Crowell, Mark Walker and also Dale Rogers to join me shortly. We're going to have a chat about some of our favourite places to have a feed, have a drink after a race meeting here in Australia. We'll go through all the, uh, the states and cities and have a chat about that. Also plenty of uh, news around as well. We'll talk to the boys about that. but. Quickly, in uh, news highlights, Scott Pye looks set to re-sign with Team 18, according to its owner, Charlie Shirkwalt. The team, his teammate, uh, Mark Winterbottom, already confirmed for next year. Shirkwalt has told SpeakFA.com the signing of Pye is merely a formality. A 17-race schedule for IndyCars next season and a February start in St. Petersburg has been announced. It's the first time in 18 years that the IndyCar season has started so early. The Indy 500 set for a race on the 29th of May. Meanwhile, Scotty McLaughlin finishing 12th after starting 16th at Laguna Seca on the weekend. The race win went to Colton Herter. And in NASCAR, Martin Truex Jr. has conquered Richmond. In the playoff race, a nice win to him. Also a fantastic finish in the Infinity race as well. If you get a chance to see that, uh, have a look at that video. An amazing finish right there. All right, there's the news highlights. Let's get straight into the show. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All righty, time to say good day to the crew as we do every week. First of all, Richard Crowell from racetalk.com. Hello, Richard. Oh, and what a crew it is, Tony Shebecki. How are you? Fantastic, thank you, mate. The A crew, Mark Walker, how are you? Hello, Tony Shebecki, Richard Crowell. Uh, another good week of practice in lockdown. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll get it right one day soon, I reckon. <laughs> Dale, I Rogers went... to, Dale Rogers to join us as well. I went to a racetrack, I'm very sorry. Um, oh, where'd you go this time? Oh, back to the no, bend. back to the bend. It was a, a South Australian state championship round. I, I dead set feel guilty going to car racing at so the moment. So you should. Yeah, and then and then I get there and there's racing cars out. I thought, oh, stuff them. It's all good. Yeah. We're going well. <laughs> I tell you what, the state championship stuff I've seen Vic this year when they happened at the start of the year, it was fantastic. There mm. is so much good racing at that stuff. There's so much potential out there to to make a go of them. Yeah, absolutely. And on the weekend, uh, we had Tim Slade was running in the Hyundai XLs, having a red hot crack, having a great time because he's in Queensland. So he's allowed to move freely around the country to various places and return home. Uh, he had a, a super weekend. Our own Asher Johnston from Check It Out uh, Racing, Hofbrau original racing team, supported by the Race Talk. Uh, had a challenging weekend, couple of race wins, championship lead. Um, maintained going into the final round but actually it's a strange little quirk in the situation which which is only in COVID in that the weekend was actually the third state championship event of the year but it was round four of the championship because really? round round three got postponed yeah. uh, from earlier in the year when we had our little brief lockdown over here in South Australia so round three will be held after round four would, would, would you not just change the numbering if that's how it works but anyway, you know I'm what officials gonna, are like, Richard. I'm not going to complain, and I'm not going to have a massive rant about officials, Tony, because we've been there. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, round four slash three still to come at Malalar in a couple of weeks. Uh, got to send a shout out to Andrew Young from the Excel Association of South Australia, who not only makes a mean burger for lunch, but uh, is an avid listener of On the Grid. 
So hello to Andy. He's only human, oh, is he? Thanks for letting me drive your race car last year, mate. You brave, brave, brave individual. Racetrack food, hey? What a what a thing. Well, yeah, this was a burger that didn't cost $27.50. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it was delicious. Oh, mate, it's good to have you uh, going around the, the circuit. What, was there a crowd there? Uh, yeah, it was okay for a state round. Sure, sure. About 110 cars, actually, which was quite, it's great for South Australia. Um, yeah, good vibe. Good, good group of cars. A couple of Formula 3 cars came down. Mm. Johnny Magro ran with Formula 3. So that was terrific. Um, good field of sports cars running as well. And pre-production had about 22 cars, which was strong. And 35-odd uh, Hyundai XLs, which is pretty much par for the course over here now. So, yeah, good weekend of racing. A um, bit of work to do on the State Series here, I feel. And we'll dive into that in coming weeks, I think. But, um, yeah, nice to be on the racetrack and at a, at a cool racetrack as well. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Great stuff. Uh, looking at some of the stories that are doing the rounds at the moment, uh, word is that not too far away from signing a deal, I believe, with uh, the new supercar ownership. Well, it gets closer every week, doesn't it? But then so does <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> is yeah. it, though? Is Christmas 2021 going to happen? Can you say with any certainty, Richard Crowley? Could they do a Tokyo happen? Christmas where they have Christmas 2021 and 22? <laughs> back nice. to back Christmas. Back to back supercar rounds have been the trend lately. So back to back Christmases, just roll yeah. them in one after the other and we all get a month off instead of a week. Does that mean we get two Boxing Day tests back to back as well? Well, we're going to get one first. <laughs> just, a, just one long 10 day test. Oh, and never ends. Yes. yes. Like, don't, that don't is de- like Christmas. Don't declare, boys. We're, we're in here for the long haul. <laughs> yeah, quite literally be the bottom of the ninth as you roll into the tenth innings. That'd be amazing. What a game. It would be it would be nice though for this whole supercar deal to be signed off and locked away before that Bathurst round, wouldn't it? I think it will be by by Bathurst Shebex. So, yeah. And and if not, there's a there's a vibe that it could be announced there. I would have thought it, it makes the obvious sense to have an all in everyone or hopefully will be there, um, get everyone together at the one event and go out with a splash. But I'm, I'm theorizing it could be done tomorrow. It could be done in two weeks. It, it might not be done till later, but you would have thought that the way these things work and how things will roll on that it would need to be done by the end of the year, certainly to, to get things locked away. But, but then again, having said that there's not a massive amount that will change immediately. Like the business can just keep functioning. It's the people behind the scenes that will change hands. So that's the the biggest thing that needs to swap around before, uh, before the racing resumes. Well, we know that the Adderton, Gow, Morris, Smith et al, Brisbane Broncos. Gone. Gone. So if it is going to be anyone, it's, down to the ARG side of things now, isn't well, it? Well, I think the they're the, they're, that's the only uh, bid left. Yep. So ARG and TLA yep. yeah. joining forces. Mm. And, and, you know, you've talked about it before. There's a lot of really good synergies because obviously ARG own everything else that's decent on the calendar. So there's a lot of good categories at play there. You know, you're going to have great events. If it's your key events, you can have TCR and S5000 and TCM all back together on the one thing. That's going to be great. And there's obviously synergies there with the TV side of things too. Like it's all tied up with Channel 7. They're the new home of motorsport. So if you can sort of meld it all into one big happy program, there's a lot of advantages there, I think, for motorsport as a whole. Well, and the other thing as well, the TLA side of the bid, I think is exciting because, I mean, their Mm. full name's TLA Worldwide. So there's massive, there's international experience that comes with that. There's international resource 
as well. More importantly, perhaps they're not just an Australian business. So they're, they're propped up from overseas, which is great. So there's that investment in that side of the business, I think, which is positive. And their event side, their management side of their game is very, very strong and will add a really new, fresh approach if indeed they are the ones that get it. But who knows? I mean, there could be a left field, something coming in that we don't know about or or right now they're just trying to dot the I's, cross the T's and sign off on what's going on. They've, they've done a pretty good job at being quiet about it. It's been the various parties bidding that have been the ones going in the press, haven't they? Like we yep. talk about with um, with the Adderton bid falling over or, or pulling out as it was. Mm. interesting though interesting and, and it, it's going to be a huge change for the sport moving forward it's a quantum shift in in two or well, in in 12 months in theory the sport is going to change ownership and fundamentally change the tech regs that underpin australia's number one motor racing category so it's a pretty fundamental shift in the way supercars go racing so it's it's a pretty key time for the category I mean, I did up a little spitball fantasy piece last week on the race talk, talking about NASCAR, how they've completely changed how they go about business over there with bringing on a lot more road courses, a dirt oval, all these sort of different novelty things. They're having a race inside a football stadium to kick next season off. It's an opportunity for supercars moving forward to try some different things. You know, it's a clean sheet of paper. Like, let's go. Let's try and innovate. Let's try and do something different that will draw in the punters not necessarily from the tracks that we're already going to let's let's see what else we can go and go out there and get mm. and that, i mean they were they were so close to doing some stuff like that not at the same level nascar I, i'm done, not ex- but, i'm not expecting a, a race but they don't need, stadium but no. they don't need to innovate as hard as nascar because nascar was very much almost all ovals most of the 1.5 cookie cutter as they say oval so they did really need a drastic overhaul to try and prop up a declining interest in fans and attendance and TV ratings. So supercars doesn't need to go that revolutionary, but they were close, weren't they? Like 2018 Sydney night race was supposed to be the start of this new night racing era. Yeah. And we had that brief taste at Barbagello as well, but then Rona's come along and jammed the whole thing up. But even with that, they've changed up formats a little bit. So I think there's that willingness to do some different things for sure. I think that one of the points I made was that NASCAR is completely transportable. Like it's easy to up sticks and go to the next town for the next race meeting in a few days time. But with supercars, we've sort of learned how to do that with this COVID coming online, limiting to the number of people going away, having two day meetings, ditching the uh, catering tents, all this sort of add on periphery stuff that doesn't really add to the show. Punters at home have no idea. Punters on the hill have no idea. But getting rid of that, it makes it more transportable. Let's have more rounds. Like at the moment, we're on 12 rounds, which isn't many. It's hard to get momentum up when you've only got 12 events during the year. Like if we're able to do this two-day race meeting successfully, let's go and add a few more on the calendar. And it's funny, isn't it, how we only have 12 rounds when you look at all the other major racing series around the world and they're at least 18 to possibly mm, yeah, more. Ma- ma- they're major, major though. Like F1's only just gone beyond 20 in the last couple oh, of years. NASCAR more than that, but IndyCar 17, they're going to 18 next year. And, and Roger Penske said that's exactly where he wants to stop, but that's on, they're doing 17 races on 15 weekends. So they've got a couple of double headers as well. Yeah. I, I think the key would be keep the number of days they're on track that they've got now, but mm. add more weekends. So take yeah. days away from it. The problem is though, is that so many events at the moment rely on, the third day, especially to add revenue. 
So, but not just from sponsors, not just from ticket holders and corporates, but from support categories who will pay more to be there for an extra day to get more track time. So there's got to be a balancing act somewhere because at the moment that extra day often underwrites the whole race meeting for a promoter putting on the show, whether that promoter is supercars themselves Mm. or an independent third party like the bend or Benella auto club or ARDC, whoever it might be. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting discussion to have for sure. It certainly is. As we welcome Dale Rogers also from the, from the race talk. Hello, Dale. Hi guys. How are you? Good. Thank you, mate. How are you? I'm getting ready for Saturday evening. So for those not, in Australia, uh, we're oh, talking yes. Aussie rules football, the grand final, and the team that Dale Rogers supports has made the grand final for the first time in 847 years. Correct. The uh, the mighty Melbourne Demons. Um, so there's a lot of pent up anticipation for this, and and it's amazing, Dale. How many motor racing fans I've only learned this year have uh, have been long suffering Melbourne fans? With respect, I know you've been on the bandwagon for a long, long time, but it's incredible how many have just popped out of the woodwork. Yeah, I think that, I think that's right. I think there's been a few a few uh, Smokies there. Uh, the, the hard sufferers, are we know them, but yeah, there has been a few Smokies. I, um, our great mate uh, Doug Brumby at Sign Zone has uh, given me two fabulous uh, banners for my front fence. So, uh, yes, no, it's all happening. So uh, 57 years since we won a grand final, uh, 11 years since we are in one, we got thrashed, and... Um, yeah, wish we could be there. Anyway, we'll be uh, we're watching. So enough of that. And uh, so, is there a, is there a hope? On. Is there a hope with you, David? Uh, David Dale, that uh, Melbourne are down by thirty-seven points at halftime, then you can go watch the Formula One qualifying. I'll be slitting my wrists if they're down thirty-seven points at oh, halftime. Oh, I, I don't know what happened to Formula One qualifying. I, I have to Hospital bed, I think. It's the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi. No one gives a crap about <laughs> that. <laughs> it's it's bloody awful tracking it. <laughs> Although it's it's the track that it, that uh, Valtteri Bottas normally has a win at, so uh, if he's ever going to get one over on Lewis, it could be this weekend. But they'll do something to. Stop but, it. but that all that means is that Max and Lewis crash into each other again, great. which is great. Bring great. another twenty five points to Valtteri. That's it's great. closing. I, up. I missed I missed that on Sunday night. I had to watch MotoGP, which uh, was well. entertaining. But uh, yeah. I, I, it should be mandatory that those two crashing. You, you can only hope. Mm. I, I must say that I, I, I'm just. I know we're, we're digressing, but you mentioned it, Richard, as well. I think on one of your posts, the 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 biasness of English commentators was just over the top. Johnny Herbert was having a slang match with Paul Deresta about it, and Deresta was saying, "No, you're absolutely wrong. You don't even understand the rules, Johnny." <laughs> it was it extraordinary was, stuff. Yeah. Look, it it was interesting, and and we get the Sky Sports feed here, and look, they are an English network broadcasting to a predominantly English audience who pay their wage. So I get it. I really do. And and if it was our Dan Ricardo in the mix and we were calling it, I'm sure we'd probably end up being the same, but yeah, it, it does. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see how it plays out from a purely neutral observer when you're getting the feed from one. I'd love to get the Dutchies feed. I wouldn't understand yeah. a word they're saying, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to find out what the Dutch commentary is like with some subtitles as well, and maybe red button between the two of them. That'd be entertaining. Yeah. I think Paul DeResta did, did himself a lot of favours on the weekend. I mean, I, it was very good. perspective. He was yeah. outstanding. And actually, you know who else was found quite amazing was Philippe Massa. Yeah, he was quite good. He was also yeah. good, but DeResta was outstanding. So anyway, yes, but... Um, uh, someone can ring me with whatever happens at the Grand Prix at some point in time because the great news is it's the footy's live on Channel 7 
and Fox, because I don't get it, replay it from scratch the minute after the match finishes. So who knows what we'll be doing on Sunday night, Saturday night. The, the good stuff on the weekend I found was in North America. Two absolute cracking NASCAR races mm. at Bristol, Thunder wow. Valley, USA, and pretty decent race for Laguna Seca. In terms of IndyCar races there, it was pretty feisty. The, the tyre deck was uh, a real player there. You know, Scotty was up in the mix as well, which was good to see, but he had a bit of drama at his last pit stop and fell back. But uh, those NASCAR races absolutely had a bit on. And as far as Jeff Gluck's was it a good race poll, which he jams up after every race for the past six years, that was the best race of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And got a press release from Bristol who put a release out. <laughs> I don't think you could quite believe that. Uh, it's like what a what a ringing endorsement. Yeah, the um, the Xfinity finish is the best race finish of the year oh, by a margin. You always want blokes crashing into each other as they cross the line. That was tremendous. And the IndyCar race, you're right, terrific race. And Laguna is a lot like I think Zandvoort. So Zandvoort, amazing to watch cars go round it, fantastic. Mm rubbish race this year and Laguna is very much the same mm. and and watching IndyCar qualifying on Sunday morning it was like wow these things are awesome sliding around clearly low grip awesome to watch but gee what what kind of a race was going to be but it was a properly good race even Jimmy Johnson being competitive yep tremendous First time ever yep sparked sparked into life as well by Roman Grosjean who continues to be a great story now don't get me wrong I hope Scotty beats him in the rookie of the year standings which he deserves to but just so cool to see Roman racing at the front, making big, bold moves, and then getting on the press conference afterwards, talking up about how energizing it's been for him and how demoralizing running around at the back of the pack in Formula One can be when you can come to any car and in any car, you're a legitimate shot at not only passing people, but winning races and getting on the podium. So I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> Two-point question for you, Richard. One, how will he go next year in an Andretti car? And two, how is he going without a tennis racket? Because we learned here first exclusively Mm. that he hasn't had a tennis racket all year. Yeah, because Scott Andrews still has it in his apartment in Miami (laughs) by the sounds of it. So, well, I'm I'm sure Roman for 10 years in Formula 1 has done well enough to afford another one. one. So I, I think... Scotty's just got himself a free tennis racket out of that exchange. Uh, I think we had Scott on three shows ago or four shows now, just before Le Mans 24 hours. So you can go back and listen to that to work out what we're talking about. Uh, to answer your question, well, Andretti Autosport were one and two on the grid and Colton Herter absolutely smoked everybody on the weekend. So isn't he good at the moment? He's, he's on fire. He's a proper talent. Yeah. Personality has got a bit of work to do, but he's pretty low key in an interview, but then so was his dad. They're, they're and, clearly related. There's... And since Brian retired, he's become a much better interview, <laughs> I feel. But yeah, I think Andretti's a powerhouse team. They've had their struggles with some of their cars this year with Hunter Ray and um, James Hinchcliffe's had a shocker yeah. for whatever reason. But you'd think that Grosjean, in, if he's given a car the same as Colton Herter, he's going to be hard to beat for, for championship next year, surely. But Which is great. Mm. Good, good story. Great for IndyCar racing. Love it. I tend to disagree with the tennis racket thing, though. It's like a cricket bat. When you find your favourite mm. one, you can't just pick up another bat and make runs. Romain might be the same with his tennis racket. Well, you you, just... you're right, because I've still got my Slogmaster 2000 from grade four, year four cricket. When the I was Slogmaster. The Slogmaster 2000, because that's all it was good for, Shebex. By the end of its life, um, 
between the handle and the V where it goes down into the bat, there was a good inch and a half worth of play. So yeah. as you swung into it, the bat would just have that extra bit of momentum because yeah, yeah, yeah. the bat itself would move on the handle. What a what a cricket implement that was. Yeah, don't let, don't let uh, any of the uh, Aussie cricketers know that. That could be the sandpaper well, gate. <laughs> True. I'm just going to talk gates. about that now. A, um, Mark has come up with a good topic. Which, he has for once. Which I feel is good for these challenging times in which we live because it's very optimistic and we love being that. But Dale, who missed the show last week and Dale was celebrating his birthday last week. So we need to say happy birthday for that Dale. I think we need to get this out of the way. Don't we first? Because Dale has been, I'm not going to use the term famous because that would be giving it too much credit. Infamous Infamous. perhaps for a segment he likes to call racing numerology. And he's, celebrated his birthday and i don't know if there was maybe one or two many red wines in celebration dale but you've come back with some more of this so please before we dive into our subject of this uh episode of on the grid can you please let us know your latest uh numerology experiment where numbers are the cure of all evil in motorsport thanks richard and you're right. This was the most requested segment of any segment of TOT last year. We were who inundated, absolutely inundated. By who? Someone. Oh, I must have missed that email. <laughs> Someone jealous of the numbers. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What we do know is that lots of barbecues around the, uh, the last year around Bathurst, when they took these on board, not only had a great day, but their sportsbook account was looking very, very sharp at the end of the day because they'd taken the advice and we're not condoning gambling at any stage. But with the movement of the races, the TRT numerology department have been having to move the numerology around because uh, calendars and dates and everything, as you know, play a critical part in this. So let's kick it off with wild cards. And don't punters love wild cards? So it's 61 years of the ATC and Supercast Championship. If Bathurst is round 12, and at this stage it is, of the 2021 Championship, and that may change, and New Zealand travel is, co- is in here as well, if we take 12 from 61, you get 49, right? But if you add back the two, which are the two wild cards, what do you get? 51. 51. There's, the, there's a dead set cert. There's a wild card on the podium, Greg Murphy, if he comes. But Oh, right. I see. You see? If the field is full, and there are 26 cars at Bathurst, if you take... 26 from 2021, which is the year you get 1995. Who won in 1995? Greg Murphy. Russell Engel. There's the other wild card. <laughs> wild cards featuring heavily in the numerology. Now, the other thing is the winning car in 1995 was number 11, which, of course, throws Anton de Pasquale into the mix. So there's already some good trifectas for you. Right. Craig Lowndes has his 27th Bathurst start. Take 27 from 2021 and you get 1994, the year of Craig's first Bathurst start. Yeah, but that's that's maths. That's just pure maths. No, no. it's numerology. No, it's, it's numerology, allegedly. <laughs> you couldn't, if you took 27 from 2021, you wouldn't get the same number, would you? Don't. Con- that's right. Don't confuse it. Now, it's 75 days to the Bathurst 1000. That's as we listen to this on Wednesday, the 22nd of the night, although it's recorded today, so forget that. So what was the podium in 1975? 
It was car five, car seven, and car two. So if you want the roughy podium, there they are. Car seven, car five, and car five, car seven, and car two. Jack LeBrock, Andre Harmgartner, and Bryce Ford. But a qualifying, here's a good qualifying, Quinella. If you look at the qualifying in 1975, cars two and 25, a double for WAU. Well, and I'll jump in. You say that, and yet Bryce Ford has got Warren Luff co-driving with him this year, does he not? He has. And Warren accumulates podium. podiums quicker than I accumulate beer in my fridge. So that's um, actually not bad. It's a ripper, isn't it? When you, when you asked the question, what was the podium in 1975? I was going to say it was three steps high, but I was wrong. No, no, there were cars on it. Now, this is a ripper. On for the blue, the blue blood running through our veins. Ford has 21 wins at Bathurst. What year is it this year? 2021. Legendary stuff, this. Okay. Um, Craig Lowndes has 42 pole positions in supercars. Divide that and you get 21. It's year 2021. Another absolute mind bender. Okay, 2011 was Bathurst 10 years ago. 11 Ford started. This year a Ford is number 11. Steve Pasquale. 18 Commodore started. This year 18 is a Commodore. Frosty. So there's another great omen on the, on the if you want to go the Ford Commodore Cornella, there it is. Still on 2021, this is a, sorry, still on 2011, 10 years ago, this is a beauty. Who finished 21st in the 2011? I know this. No, I don't. Jamie. There you go. It's an absolute cracker, that one. So that's the big punter of the night. Okay. If all 26 cars start, there'll be eight Mustangs and 18 Commodores. I do have the ability to mute him if you need me to. No, no, let him go. Let him go. Car 18 is Mark Winterbottom. Now, that, that might be, yeah, well, who cares? But those two numbers have never won the great race. Oh, number 18 and what was the other eight. one? Eight. An eight. So get, that's a that's another one for the roughies. Okay, now this is the big one. You're going to have to get your calculators out, the abacus out, and probably your toes to work this one out. If all, 21, if all 26 cars start, it'll be the fifth time in a row that we've had a grid of this size. The winning numbers of the last four are 2017 car nine, 2018 car triple eight, 2019 car 17, and in 2020 car 97. So nine, triple eight, 17, and 97, there's your quadrilla. Absolutely home and host, but there's more. So if you take 26 cars, Multiplied by five, which is the amount of times that 26 cars have started in a row. 130. 130. Then divide it by five, you get 26, which is David Reynolds. And guess what? It is five years since he won. Then if you take nine, 26, you get 17. There's Will Davidson popping up. So there you go. If you've got all that, you're absolutely, you're swimming in money already. But there it is. There's another edition of numerology for the Bathurst 1000. Uh, we, I might even have a crack at an end of season one again, but uh, the, the machine blew up after we got those numbers out. But uh, there you go, boys. Is there any chance we could have that as a story on the race talk just so we can get it all down? Because I missed it, it was too much. Well, there, look, the numerology printer. Hey, yeah, that's, that's a thing. That is a thing. I don't know what it is, but it's a thing. It is. It, mm, people do done. love it. People do love it. Hey, boys, I thought we'd. Get a bad, bad, bad heart attack. I thought we'd jump into Mark Walker's topic. 
of which he put up on our group chat earlier today, a great topic it is too. And it's talking about venues that are a great place to go to, be it pubs or whatever it might be, after a race meeting. Now, Mark, do you want to put any qualifications around this? Is it just any day of a race meeting or does it have to be after a Sunday? Just the vibe. It's just the okay. vibe, Tony. Just just get in there and have a swing. Just just discuss the topics. Yeah. I, there's so many great places that we visit on the circus and there's a lot of little favourite pit stops along the way. So let's uh, sort out the good from the bad and have something to look forward to once we're allowed to cross state borders and do nice things again. Very much looking forward to that. Well, can we all agree that probably maybe our favourite place might be up north of Australia? Yeah, well, why don't we and start in Darwin? Part? Darwin and work our way around, do a lap. Yeah. And Darwin's yeah. the perfect spot to start. Ski the club. boat club has to be the best place in Darwin. Darwin Ski Club. Yeah. Oh, Darwin Ski Club, so yes. Then you've also got Mindel Beach. What a sea of humanity that is. Yeah. You can you get in lost there for your appetizers, surely. Slightly um terrifying prospect actually working it walking is, through Mindel it? Beach at the moment. Yes. Yeah, badly <laughs> triggered by crowds, unless you're a tradie on the Westgate, but um <laughs> Getting but, some practice. Concerned about some of the dodgy people that are making that food in that market, it's, uh, that puts me off the food. Nah. I had a dodgy fish and chips there a couple of years ago, Dale. I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah you had dodgy fish and chips and you followed it up with 10,000 beers and you blamed <laughs> the fish and chips. It was definitely the fish and chips. And for our, for our friends in uh, here the UK is. or wherever around you, you might be listening to this, there also is a uh, van at Mindel Markets that sells roadkill. Yeah, legit. Yeah, and you can yeah, you buy a crocodile. It's yeah, and crocodile is an underrated. Well, on that condiment. On that, going off on a tangent. Once upon a time in Melbourne, I saw some crocodile in the supermarket. And I thought, oh, you know, something a bit different. We'll cook this up and we'll have some crocodile for dinner tonight. And it was a a sloppy sort of cross between chicken and fish, and it didn't have any taste, and it was genuinely awful. So then. Down Mitchell Street, all the restaurants there, I've got no idea which one it was, but the, it advertised the fact that it had the world's best crocodile tucker. So I've got the crocodile nuggets, and it was the sloppiest wet cross between chicken and fish, so I cooked it perfectly <laughs> and absolutely nailed it, and it is not any good. Yeah, right. I had it on a burger, and it was fine. Actually, I had a burger over in the States too. Might have ended up being... Might have been chicken. I don't might know. Have been, might have but been it, alligator. It could have been. But yeah, look, Dar- Darwin, but if we're talking specific locations, so Mindel Beach Markets are great, but the ski club is not only the most underrated location, I think, but it is by far and away the best out of any one destination you go to. If, if you're looking for a place to go for a feed and some beers at the end of a day at the racetrack, whatever day it might be, the Darwin Ski Club is outstanding. And it is for all intents and purposes, a grass lawn under some nice big gum trees facing due west. So you get the sunset with some tables with some plastic chairs and tables yeah. scattered around a bar and a place that makes a mean chicken palmy. Yep. And yeah. you wander up, you grab your food, you sit down on a plastic table with an ice cold beer and you watch the sunset and it is just fantastic. And when we say a bar, it's a tiki bar. It's not a, well, yeah, it's, and a, it's, an, out, it's an outdoor yeah. hut because yeah. there's windows there. Yeah. But it, it's just, it, from a vibe point of view, mm, yeah, oh, it's yeah. great. It, it is mean, just the best place. And the highlight's always getting the maxi taxi home, isn't it? Isn't it, Tony? Yes. Funny. Yeah. Let's move on to Townsville. Well, well, what, do you, you, we go down. 
Yeah, what, what's your take with Townsville? Because, I mean, I really like the brewery, the new Townsville brewery that's been there in the first last few years in town. But the Strand's always good value, isn't it? Yeah, the Strand for me. The restaurants on the Strand are good. Yeah, all that, yeah all that, even that pub just across the road from the hotel on the Strand that has the all the, the TVs on sport and everything isn't a bad place. I can't remember the name of it. Well, yeah. I tell you what, so I went to, was very, very fortunate enough to go to Townsville this year and it was great. So I stayed in Palmer Street, which is that main restaurant strip just over Ross Creek on your way to the track through, t- through town. And I reckon one of the most underrated pubs that you can go to on the tour is the Australian Hotel. And we went there on Thursday, we colleague Matt Nolte, friend of the show and myself, and uh, we just got into town. We went on the Thursday before we went to the track and had a main feed. And we ultimately went there, I think three times out of the four that we went out to eat that weekend, because just really good quality pub food, great service, inexpensive, and it's walking distance to wherever you want to go. So yeah, really, really good. I got bad news for you, Walker. We didn't go there this year, but I reckon the brewery's gone. I don't don't think it was, and it may just have been like a temporary closure thing, but I don't think it was the brewery when we went past. I could be wrong. And if you are from the Townsville Brewery, please get in touch at the Race Talk. Let us know if that's changed, because that was great. But um, yeah, it's a good place. And then Sunday night, you go and have a really entertaining time at the Mad Cow after party over on Flinders Street yeah. and um, don't Has, remember what happens the next day. Hasn't that done a number on numerous Monday mornings in the past? Mm. Yeah. 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 It has. If ever, we do, if ever we do this topic on accommodation, be guaranteed I will not be recommending the Townsville Backpackers. <laughs> oh. Well, see, there's your first problem. <laughs> Boy, but it was a profitable weekend for Shebex, though, wasn't it? That was a lot yeah. of... A lot of change left over. Well, when you're spending 30 bucks a night in accommodation, yeah, you'd want to make some money, wouldn't you? So what was it in particular? Bed bugs? Uh, other no, it was the bloke that I thought was going to murder me at any point throughout the evening. Yeah, I had right. to sleep with one eye open. There was four blokes sleeping in my room and one bloke I just did not trust at all. Well, while we're talking about accommodation, Dale, best accommodation off the top of your head, what what rings true for you? Uh, anyway, Jundal- it doesn't have to be council. Jundal have been perfect. Fantastic. We stayed there with the DJR every time we went there. And now that my beloved Melbourne Demons are there, it's uh, it's just a crack of a place. Restaurant's awesome. The rooms are fabulous. The golf course, tennis, the amenities. That's the resort. It is just fantastic. Jundalup Resort, uh, yeah. yeah, not far from Wanneroo. Mm. Top of the box, no. Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay. Richard? I, I, um, I've stayed at the Bend a couple of times and I really enjoyed staying at a racetrack. I've got to, I can't lie to you. It's pretty great just ambling out the balcony and there's pit lane. It certainly makes the commute very short. I, I enjoy, I like staying in houses now. I've sort of moved on from the hotel thing, mm. especially the dodgy cheap hotel. I, I enjoy, as strange as it can be, staying in someone else's house, especially if it's not a dedicated Airbnb and probably talking Bathurst here. And those of you that have been on the tour will know that in Bathurst for some time, we stayed at what we called the house of death because the lovely people, (laughs) they were fantastic people. It was right out on the edge of town on the Safala road out, out um, uh, as you come in through Kelso side of Bathurst. Um, But they was taxidermists. So they had deep freezers full of 
animals. Dead animals. But he, he taxidermed. So that's what he did and, and was very good at it. They were incredibly lifelike. The deer that was up on the wall of the living room that was sort of looking over his shoulder with a surprised look on his face was extremely <laughs> realistic because clearly they captured his last moments of life. But so, so once you get past that whole staying in someone else's house and it's not a dedicated Airbnb, it's just someone's house, they've gone on holiday for two weeks. And this is what happens in Bathurst. 450 houses yeah. get rented out for the 1,000 every year at an average rate of somewhere between three and a half to seven or $8,000. So it's unbelievable for the economy. And it's a great little tradition that exists, little economy around motor racing that exists in that town. It's not really little, is it? Because I don't have a calculator on me, but you times an average of what five grand by four hundred and fifty, and you're into some pretty serious yeah. injection of cash. Two point two five mil. Well, thank you, Tony. Um, so, but I, I really like it. I it just it it sort of half feels like you come home after a day at the racetrack, which I kind of like. I really do like that. Yeah, uh, my best accommodation was uh, the Pullman at Sydney's Olympic Park because literally it was right on the doorstep of the track. It was just fantastic. Well, have nice the, accommodation have the well. But the you fact that you just walked out the front door and you were in the track, that was great. And, and I assume that some of our people would have stayed at accommodation inside Gold Coast at some point as well. Yeah. Like Main Beach is always great in the Goldie. That's always yeah, a nice yeah, place yeah. to stay. It's a bit out of the riffraff, but it's it's close enough and beach adjacent. I always liked the uh, accommodation that Kelly stayed at up in Darwin, which is near that marina right up the top where we'd go and have our Monday morning breakfast up there. Rich, oh, yeah. I don't know what you call that, but um, that was lovely up there. Oh, After our annual trip to the War Museum. Hmm. Yeah, down in um, Cullen, oh. Cullen Bay. Cullen, Cullen Bay, Bay Marina. Correct. Yeah, and of course, course, you cannot go past. You cannot go past when you visit Sydney Motorsport Park, the Rooty Hill RSL, no. joining the Novotel, where uh, we've been. For accommodation and a feed as well. Good feed at the Rooty Hill RSL. Bloody good, but boy, oh boy, there's some characters there. Oh, look, I don't know if the outdoor poker machines are still a thing, but uh, <laughs> that used to be a real highlight of the tour there, going and having a smoke outside while you're playing the pokies. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Awesome. I place, believe. So. I- I believe I've still got my LP of Rodney Rude live at the Rudy Hill RSL. Yeah, well, just that's worth a million dollars. I tell you, one place to stay, not stay, Shebex, is in the uh, eastern side of Indianapolis. I forget the name of the hotel. <laughs> uh, the hotel was merely passable, save for yeah. the fact we were sold on it by the fact it had a sports bar, which in turn was not a sports bar. It was absolutely no. derelict, which was very disappointing because uh, that would have been great. Um, but slightly, slightly dodgy neighbourhood. Not going to lie. And we found out afterwards that that was where all the shooting happens. <laughs> yeah. um, moving along from Townsville, Queensland Raceway. There's clearly nothing in Willowbank. But you go yeah. into Ips- but into Ips- Ipswich, yeah. You know, you got the pump yard. We've pump yard brewery. That's, that's outstanding. That's great. Good place. Good place. I remember once uh, being sent off for dinner with the Nissan drivers to the Hog's Breath Cafe because I think they all needed to smoke the peace pipe a bit and share a steak and some curly fries. <laughs> and word got up the chain that these V8 drivers were there and um, they'd get a free meal if they signed one of the plates for the wall. So they came out at the end of the meal. Here you go. Here's your plates to sign. They handed me one because I was clearly attired in all my Nissan clobber. <laughs> and um, there might be a plate on the wall with some affluent nuff nuff number 98. <laughs> but I got a free steak out of it. So. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah, Hog's Breath. That's There's the also game. that. Is there an Irish bar in Ipswich as well that we've been to? The two-story place that we was that an Irish pub? Well, there's Irish pubs in every town. Oh, no. We had on the balcony. I know the one you're talking about. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. You know, what was good was going into Eat Street in Brisbane. I know that's not QR adjacent. I mean, that could be, couldn't be further away from Queensland, no, but, right. but that was that was good value road trip in there. There's yeah. a really good German restaurant in called Heisenberg House in Ipswich. Mm. That uh, a tick of the box is that when the Porsche teams go and eat there, you know it's pretty good. So uh, we went there one night, and that was outstanding. Yeah, it, these are the things that we want to try and tell you people is that um, even in the dodgiest of locations, you've just got to know where to go. Well, here's something mildly dodgy: a Harrisville Hilton. I don't think it's actually a Hilton, a genuine part of the chain, but uh, it's about 15 minutes south of QR, and it's a bit off the beaten track, and you go up a bit of a goat path, but uh, there, for about $12.50, you'll get three kilos of feed for dinner, and it is sensational, and the beer is genuine 1972 prices. Three kilos mm. of what? Whatever. It could be a steak, oh, right. it could be a lot of slaw, could be a lot of chips, everything. You'll okay. get it. Won't okay. go hungry. Nice. So from Ipswich, we make our way to the Gold Coast. <laughs> well, the bell tower, clock tower, clock tower hotel. Clock tower. Is that, so is that yes. how drunk you are when you get there? Yeah. Don't you miss the fact that there's clock? It must be remembered too that it was the first venue of the race talk. Uh, catch up and have a beer with us. It was the the one one of two so far um, because it, it, that again has been kiboshed by COVID. Uh, yeah, good though. And the thing with the clock tower hotel is that. It's on the main thoroughfare of people walking out from the track back to their accommodation. So viewing place. Generally, um, generally you'll bump into and racing car driver and TV commentator, uh, whoever it could be. And you just hope that they don't walk past too late in the night because then you're a couple deep. Yeah. Look, when when you've had five or six beers and Neil Crompton walks past, you you try and pull yourself together and. And look as sensible as you can um, for as long as you can, because you know, there's a, <laughs> a perception's not the reality, isn't it? There's yeah. nothing special about the clock tower. It's probably cheap, but it's just easy to find. That's mm. the, the whole premise of it. You name any other bar, but you'll probably get lost on the way, but the clock tower has got a freaking great clock there and it's easy to find. Mm. Actually the Italian restaurant across the road from that's bloody good too. Mm. Well, as a former service paradise resident, and this is, um, I hope I don't get bashed for this, but there's a really good vegetarian restaurant called Govinda's in town. Mm. If if you're that way inclined, that is really good food. You don't even have to be a veggie to appreciate it. It is just good food. Actually, in the Sandbar Cafe. Oh, yes. The Sandbar on the Esplanade is very, very good. And it's directly adjacent to where I stay, which is excellent. <laughs> Um, and the place across the road has $5 toasted sandwiches uh, for Monday morning when you need to recover. God, I'm disappointed we're not going to the Goldie this year. I'm oh, just, that's right. It's such a cool event. And it would have been you, the Gold Coast. Well, you see, guys, I spent about the last 10 years eating in the, um, the team uh, place because that's what I did every night for about 15 years. So um, my, it's normally just a Sunday night for me. And as I said in the notes back to you, um, uh, my, most of my meals are either at the Qantas Club or a Macca's on the way by the airport. So uh, 
Uh, I'm not, uh, apart from Bathurst, which uh, is a bit different, most of them have been on the fly or at the DJR uh, hospital, uh, catering tent. Well, maybe we should jump across to the great city of Bathurst in the central west of New South Wales because I'm pretty certain by now we've got all of the good places sussed, right? But it's in the program, Rich. It's, this is a give absolute given for any time there's a race weekend in town. What's yeah. the program? Rattle well, it the, off. The, the program generally is on the Thursday night, we go to the Rose Garden, uh, Lowe's Rose Garden Chinese Restaurant. Yep. Friday night, uh, it, it chops and changes, but generally we like to squeeze in at Jack Duggan's mm-hmm. Irish pub on George Street. That, that, that place for mine. And now I say this in full seriousness, that place I think makes the best chicken parmy on the tour what wow I, huge I, call Jeez. i rate the chicken parmy there very very highly o- on the krail scale how does it go i it was a solid nine and nothing's wow. ever been higher than that because nothing could possibly ever be a 10 <laughs> i wedged myself into a corner with that scale too early and it's impossible to go higher than a nine so uh, that's a it's a terrific Irish pub, Jack Duggan's Irish Hotel. Yep. Uh, Saturday night, chops and changes. Depending on the event, um, for 12 hour, we generally stay at home for that because it's a big day on Sunday. But for, for the big one in October, or in, in this case, in December, it's generally perhaps a Dogwood BX, the, the uh, American-style restaurant, which is great, yep. or uh, um, the, the Bathurst uh, BX upstairs nope. grill over the old Ox. The RSL doesn't do a bad feed either. Oh, what are you church, wasting your time church, church bar. Church bar. Thank you. Church bar for the pizza. Church bar. Absolutely. Fantastic place. Yeah. Really, awesome really spot. good. Brilliant place. We had yeah. a, a, an AGM there in 2019, I think. Where, where do... we, did, we did too. You're quite right. And we got, I want to throw in one because it's if, if uh, that I've been to quite regularly on, on normally on a Wednesday, Thursday night is. Uh, uh, 92 at 92 Benedict Street. That is a cracker of a restaurant. Oh, I thought you were going to say Cobblestone Lane. No, no. Uh, it's a it's a haunt of, of uh, Seagull and uh, uh, normally um, um, Richard Davison. Uh, yes. And it's, uh, it's a cracker of a night. Plenty of red wine and beautiful food. So there's a couple of others. I agree. Uh, I think I've been there 12 hours a couple of years ago, I think, from memory. Um, so there's a couple of throwing. Church Bar is a must in Bathurst, by the way. Yeah, it's must. an outstanding yeah. place. Our Sunday night tradition, and I don't want to give this away too much because everyone will rock up there because it's great, but it's the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant. Yeah. Now, for those listening overseas via our friends on the Radio Show Limited network of channels, Bathurst is country towns in Australia generally have more than one Chinese restaurant. Country towns in New South Wales generally have more than five. And Bathurst is no exception. There are multiple Chinese restaurants, but of them all for a combination of a nice vibe. It's not the cheap, tacky 80s Chinese restaurant vibe in the Great Wall. It's no. a little bit higher end. You, it's about eight, 1989. Yeah. yeah, I reckon they're in the 90s, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but that is the Sunday night debrief location of choice. Yeah. Uh, that all the big players... And us go there now. And it is, def- it is definitely one place that we'd love to do a, a podcast from. Is the Great Wall on Sunday night? Yes. Well, a, God willing, a, we'll do it this year. Mm. It's a great yeah. night. It's a, we, we must be heading nearly for a decade there now. I reckon. Probably yeah, I, at least. The, the problem is this year, if they have a midday start, we're going to miss the banquet there. No, no, they'll, no, they'll stay open. no. 
Tony the, open on Sunday night for us, for Christ's yeah, sake. The revenue potential was too high. No, no. So there are keys with the great No meal. issue with that. Like, like every Bathurst Chinese restaurant, always order the banquet below the one you think you want. Yep. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll go in and you're hungry on the Thursday or the Wednesday when you've been traveling. Oh, <laughs> dear, I could, oh we've got to go to the gold banquet. Always order the silver banquet. The gold is too much. They say never go shopping when you're hungry. The same applies to going to a Chinese restaurant. Correct. Uh, Correct. Uh, uh, what did you have for Newcastle? Because I, I had the cricketers' arms. Like we went for dinner oh, there yes. last time. I'll, that was a thing. Yeah. I'll come to that. There's one more in Bathurst I want to okay. I want to give a plug to and become quite friendly with them. Is uh, the Vine and Tap. So it's on William Street, opposite the park next to the Bathurst Entertainment Centre, BMAC. Um, really cool Italian place. Um, they put on our media lunch for the Bathurst 12 hour. And I can hear my friend John Hindoff listening to this now over on RSL, uh, agreeing with me vehemently. It is an outstanding place and they do lovely stuff. So that's what I wanted. And the hub for the coffee on Monday morning mm. and breakfast. Cool, good place. Yep. Good place. Yep. Newcastle. Yeah. Um, agree with you completely. Newcastle was a surprise for mine. Yeah. I, that, that was a that was a city that I didn't expect would have as many good places as it does. Yeah, but uh, we had, had a nice feed there at the Cricketers Arms. It was a bit of a hike away from the uh, from the racetrack, but I'm sure like we haven't had time to get traditions up there, Rich. That's the problem. No, no, no. only a couple of races. Uh, Sydney Motorsport Park, Cricketers Arms as well. Yeah, there must be a chain of them. Oh. That Italian joint just down the road. What's that? Yeah, it's um, I forget the name of it, and probably should have researched this, but I obviously did nothing. Um, terrific place, just off it's Good just off, functions, just off the M7. Yeah, and uh, by the Horsley Park Drive exit off the M7. So there's a little BP service station as you get off the exit off the motorway. So if you're heading north, so you do the ring road down M5, M7 to turn off the back way to go to Sydney Motorsport Park. And yeah, it is a terrific place. Really, really good Italian food. It's not Domino, it. Domino's Pizza, is it? It's no, not no, no. Domino's no, Pizza. No, no, it's a, a big restaurant. It I've has a, a massive room out the back that holds the best part of 60 or 70 people for a function. I went there and had dinner with Magnus Walker of Porsche fame once. So there you go. Il Piatto, it's called. There you go. Il Piatto. Look for it. It's on basically Walgrove Road in uh, the west of Sydney. Did um did you have anything for Goulburn Wakefield Park? All I can think of is the Mac is at the Big Ram, <laughs> uh, Trapper's Bakery. Yes, which is at the Big Ram. Correct, and I believe it's called the Rose Garden Cafe in the middle of town. They do a mean breakfast, right? It's opposite the park, just off the main street, and just round the corner. Now we haven't been to Goulburn for a couple of years. We I, I quite enjoy going to Goulburn for racing. It's it's a cool country town. Uh, just round the corner is a really old, cool antique place which has a billion vinyl records that you can waste an hour or two and several hundred dollars shopping in. So that's just one. Uh, I hope it's still there when I return because I had unfinished business and excess baggage. Oh my god, Tony, are you okay? Yeah, no, all good here. Yeah. Uh, my lights just having a fit, but I'm okay. Yes. Once again, this uh, audio medium is living up to its <laughs> reputation. Shebeki on the show and tell there with the lights display. That's very, very flash. Uh, well, we need to move. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> we need to go. We need to go down south. To we need to go south to Melbourne, and I think this is where Dale needs to roll some local sand down knowledge. Surely. 
Well, um, well <laughs> Sandown, we normally head back into town because we live very close to town. So, uh, 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 Haunt is uh, Romeo's in Turak Road. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's more of a that's more of a Grand Prix yeah. there. Well, it's 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 uh, that's what I mean because most of the teams stay in Dandenong, and uh, that's not a place I'd stay if I uh, only had a chance in once in my life. So, um, but uh, adorned with photos of most of the people you know from the circus is uh, is Romeo's in Turak Road in uh, in Turak. Always a good spot. Um, but uh, the great thing about sand is you sleep in your own bed. As Richard was saying before, it's nice to come over to your own place. Can, can I make so, a suggestion of where not to go at Sandown's the highways on the corner there? Because it's got this car park pub, that you yes. just can't you can't navigate. Mm. Yeah. Or the oh. Sandown Park Inn. <laughs> Never go there on a Saturday night when they have uh, karaoke. I'm sorry, I've just gotten onto an in joke there. <laughs> it's very funny. We hate in jokes. We, so, Dan, you're telling me if you had a choice between Dandenong and Ipswich, you'd stay in Perth. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and, and I'd commute on a daily basis. <laughs> Actually, the McDonald's and Mulgrave's pretty good too. There's another good Macca's stop on well, the tour. Why is it any different to any other Macca's in the country? Oh, that one's a life-saving one though. Yes, it is. <laughs> you you need right, that right? one. Did yeah. I ever tell you the story of uh, the Sandown Park Inn? And it's, it's not a racing story per se, but my wife and I went to see her father's grave. Well, well, we're, oh. we're still recording here. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, no. My wife and I went to see her father's grave at the Springvale Cemetery, which is across the road from the Sandown Park Inn, just down the road from uh, the racetrack. And we didn't know that it closed at 6 o'clock. So we got there at a quarter to 6. And at quarter past 6, we couldn't get out. All the gates were locked. So we're literally locked in the cemetery. So we had to leave the car there, walk out and stay at the Sandown Park Inn for the night and then get our car the next morning. And it was one of the most terrifying what? things I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty scary things. This was shocking. <laughs> I will say the Albion Park Hotel on the main road in downtown Dandenong does a very, very serviceable feed nowadays. They gave it a big spruce up a couple of years ago, went there last December. Yeah, and very very serviceable. Yeah, yeah. What about the Grand Prix? What's your tips Romeo's on that? Turak Road. <laughs> well, I always like uh, Versace's on Turak Road, but that's, that was closer to home, I guess. Um, oh, the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix is a fantastic place for the extent that you can go to anywhere. as many places as you like. Yeah. It's five minutes from the city. It's five minutes from yeah. South Yarra. It's just an amazing place to be. Fitzroy, Fitzroy Street's pretty yeah, good. So Kilda's five voice. minutes away, exactly. Mm. I, I remember the last couple of Grand Prix when I stayed with AVL down there and you'd catch up with him and the Autosport and the Motorsport.com crew after they finished their late shift at about 11 o'clock and roll into uh, Topolino's there on Fitzroy Street to get a feed at midnight. Play this great game where you're sitting opposite each other on the footpath and you'd have to guess what sort of person was dr- walking behind you it was either a drunk or just it was it was a really random game, except the wild card was Brad Jones racing employees because they were <laughs> trundling out 11 p.m. and obviously stay down Fitzroy Street every year. But uh, that's a real sea of humanity there on a Saturday night. I can give you the red hot tip. There was a really, really good Italian place down past Luna Park, Mark, that we had dinner with uh, the great friend of the show, Sam Power, with a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it's called. So this is a completely useless segment. Yeah. For anybody playing along at home wanting to go there, but um, if you Google Italian restaurant 
near... was in the in the main drag there in St Kilda. What's that called? Yeah, it pretty what pretty much was. Ackland mm. Ackland Street. Ackland Street. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't help. Doesn't narrow it down. There'd be no, forty-five Italian joints yeah. on it. No, but it was on the right-hand side. If that no, that doesn't help either. Uh, on our fly down from Sydney, we forgot to uh, stop at Winton. Well, I mean, there's a KFC drive-through there, isn't there? Well, there's Benalla. <laughs> there's not absolutely nothing in Winton apart from Rose Track. No, but you know what's good? It's a King River Cafe if you go a bit further north. That's that's lovely up there. It's up towards up to Angaretta. Yeah, it's up towards wine country up there. If you're willing to make the, the effort, it's it's worth a go. There, but yeah, Benalla, I've never really, I don't know, there's a Royal, pub. Royal Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Good feed. They're one of the few pubs we go to that still does a chicken kev. I but, could safely say the commercial hotel because every city, every uh, town has a commercial <laughs> hotel, don't they? Yeah. And a railway. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd often, I reckon, just bottle a red in front front of a fr- <sighs> fireplace at your Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's a good cafe uh, driver's right heading towards the track on the main street just before the roundabout, before you get to the, the hotel and the Maccas. That's uh, worthy of a good breakfast. Good, I'd say you've probably town. been to Vanilla more than any of us, wouldn't you, Dal? He's mute. You're, I think you're muted there, my friend. That's um, right. Great experience many years ago. Um, actually, when I was racing at Winton, and uh, we went to the, um, one, of the, one of the Chinese restaurants again there. And um, we, were, we were absolutely flabbergasted when we were asked, when we asked um, could we have some chopsticks? And uh, they didn't have any. What? They just gave you the cutlery and said, well, what's wrong with that, white boy? Um, so, uh, no, we couldn't get chopsticks at the Chinese restaurant. So that was a bit of a highlight. But there is a, I'm just trying to think, the, the, the out from Wangaratta when you head out to, and I can't think of the name of the place, but there's a fabulous restaurant. I was just trying to Google it as we were talking about it. I've been up there with Siegel and Marinelli and Fogues a few times. It's a, I think it's a King River Cafe. Is it the King River Cafe? No, I reckon it is, yep. yeah. Awesome spot. Yeah, good spot. But yes, um, Wangaratta's got some uh, reasonable places, but Benalla's got yeah Chinese restaurants that don't have uh, chopsticks, which is novel, I guess. Amazing. So, Philip uh, Island. Philip Island. Philip Island. Pinos. Oh. Pinos. Yeah, Italian. Definitely. Pinos yeah. is amazing, folks. Once again, for our listeners overseas, to the extent it, it is Pinos, isn't it, that has all the mm-hmm. racing memorabilia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. where Valentino Rossi eats when he yeah. goes to Phillip Island. Yeah. So it's a pretty yeah. good tick of the box, right? So they've got his they've got his suit up on the wall and they've got all these photos. Just really full of MotoGP, predominantly memorabilia than more than anything else. Yeah, tremendous. Um, North Pier, which used to be the Isle of Wight after it moved when it burnt down. Yep. So it's all been rebranded, remodeled, North Pier. It's really, really good. Went there a couple of times. Early good remodeling year. too. It, it looks yep. spectacular. Yep. Uh, Isola di Capri, the other Italian place on the corner is good. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Yep. The um, the Chinese joint a little bit further up. The main street is properly good. The bakery near the, on the, near the roundabout. Island. Yep. Only the roundabout, yeah. That's good. Phillip Island Bakery is a good one. And then for your, your morning fix is Mad Cow's. Uh, the other side of the Esplanade. So yep. you turn left at the bottom of the main drag instead of right. Uh, Mad Cows, they do, I think, the best coffee on the island and their breakfasts are fantastic. Uh, so what I've learned from this is that the only place that we've ever been to twice in different places is Mad Cows, Townsville and Phillip Island. Mm. Uh, sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There that you works. go. Yeah. It's absolutely. obviously a chain. What about, the, what about the Ruti LRSL, for God's sake? No, we said that before. Well, well, yeah, I mean, but the... 
The, I'm just saying no, they've both got the same name. Yeah, there's no one else. Name, the Rooty, said, there's no what you mean back to. No, no. There's no one else was, called the Rooty Hill RSL. If there was a chain of Rooty Hill RSLs, we'd be in a lot of strife, I reckon. <laughs> there's an there's a business opportunity. I'll get the numerology next to you. Don't worry about that. As we cross the border into South Australia, we get to the bend. I can walk us through Tail and Bend. So Tail and Bend and Murray Bridge, uh, there's some untapped places there. Highway one cafe pizzeria. Uh, overlooking the Murray River. Lovely. Really good pizza. They've got some beers in there as well, which is nice. If it's not dinner, uh, go to the Tail and Bend Bakery. So the, one of the genius things that has occurred at the Bend is that they've got a lot of local businesses to do the catering at the track for officials Clever. and for the media. So the Tail and Bend Bakery supplies all the media lunches and they're outstanding. Yeah. Really, really good country bakery place to go. The Riverside Hotel is a very, very good feed worth a stop there for lunch or dinner if you can get in it gets real busy real quick all the race teams book them out with all their numbers but uh in winter they've got a big fire going out in the little courtyard area where is that a murray bridge no no this is in tail and bend okay on the the main street yep uh drivers left as you're driving back towards the city um in summer big glass windows all open up onto a balcony overlooking you're literally on top of the water on the Murray river. It's a really, really good pub, good place to go. Murray bridge cops a lot of crap, but I tell you what, there's some money being spent in the bridge at the moment. And the Bridgeport hotel has just had an enormous, enormous resurrection. So uh, that is fantastic. It's now five or six stories tall and uh, the food there is outstanding. What about the, on the run at, uh, the petrol station at the racetrack there. Good place to grab your morning coffee for sure. Snacks. Yep. Red hot Absolutely. snacks. Absolutely. And good bakery. The the on the run bakery stuff is really good. Crispy uh, cream donuts as well. For, for people who aren't in South Australia, on the runs are like this hypermarket attached with some fuel bouses, aren't they? You can yes. go in there and get anything. Yes, correct. They're ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, certainly are. All right, let's head into Adelaide itself. And that's there's so many places. Well, we don't race there anymore, Shebek, so, you know. No, we don't race. Well, we don't race at Wakefield Park either, but. Well, true. We come to the Barossa Valley and I'll I'll tour you around. There you go. Malalar Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, Malalar Pub's great. Fantastic. Nothing wrong with the Lindock either, let me tell you. No, the Lindock goes all right, doesn't it, Shebek? Yeah, certainly does. A couple of feeds there. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, we end up in Perth. Do we? Different country. Um, John Van Leeuwen's house. But I don't know if that's open <laughs> to the public. Look, I, I, yeah, I reckon Hillary's Boat Harbour. I like that. Yeah, okay. I, Swan so River. I haven't been there since 2012, so I don't know. But I oh. do want to go uh, to Perth to go to Coco's. Yes. Famous Coco's restaurant. It's on, Lums. Yep, it's on the Swan River, overlooking the, the big sort of harbour bit, I suppose, overlooking the CBD. Uh, and it's owned by the Love family. So, yeah. Um, uh, parents of uh, Jordan and Aaron. I've had a mental blank there. Career Cup races and Jordan now racing in European GT racing. So in a Nikki, um, it's a fantastic place. Well recommended. I've never been there, but heard only good stories. So we'll get there. Really looking forward to going and, and catching up with those lovely people and having a feed at uh, at Coco's on the Swan River. One quick one that we forgot: Tasmania, Simmons Plains, Launceston. Hallam's oh. Waterfront Seafood Restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Marg and Dave Hardy used to take us there when we were on the tour of the Formula Fords. And yeah, we just we just lost Marg, which was a shame. But those nights at the seafood restaurant there were just the best. So Jail, Jailhouse Grill. Yep. Is fantastic. And there's another one called Alchemy, 
uh, a little bit further up. It is on, and I've drawn a blank with the one-way network in that town that drives me mad, but uh, it's at the sort of northern end of the CBD, I suppose. It's a really good restaurant. Went there a couple of times when is we it, were down there for Race Tasmania. Is that um, Irish pub up the top still there, the after party? Jack Duggins is still yep. there. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but yep, that, that exists. That was the go-to place, wasn't it, Mark, where you'd go on the Sunday night? Ooh, sorry about that, Rich. <laughs> no, it's oh, good. Dear. It's good. And we don't race in Hobart, so we've got no, I've no local knowledge in Hobart whatsoever. No, exactly. Uh, boys, that pretty much wraps it up for us. That's a good tour. As my yeah. light just totally is about to knock itself out. So let's say goodbye. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>